Think. Question. Engage. Ready. Aim. For. The Stoic Archer Podcast. Am I live? Am I rough? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Stoic Archer Podcast. We're pleasured to have legend in the making, Paul Ryan, professional boxer here after fresh off a 5-0 and win now. So five fights since, what, 2021? Yeah, no? five fights um, in 15 months now. Jesus. Yeah. And five wins. Five wins. Three knockouts. Yep. All inside. All, to the, bo- all, to, all to the body as well. <laughs> all to the body. Everyone, everyone know, yeah, all, the exact yeah. Sa- all the exact same shot. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're a specialist. So that's, uh, they're all saying now the rib cracker. And I'm saying, oh, don't call me that because then it's... Uh, no, I have to do it then, you know. <laughs> Keep it natural. <laughs> well, there's 12 of them you can pick, so... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. I didn't know they're all the same shot. Um, yeah, so three knockouts. Uh, two went to distance. Yep. Two decision. And uh, yeah, five fights in fucking 15 months. That's serious. So statements have been made. Physical, yeah, Both in the ring and out. Um, yeah, 100%. Like yeah. The last fight, I was expected to win, but I don't think it was expected I was going to do it that way. Yeah. Like, he rarely gets stopped. I think he's been stopped six times in, like, 40-odd fights before that. Wow. And then the last one was only, like, probably five years ago or something. Yeah. And that was, like, late in, like, round nine or something in a fight. Yeah. So, we so just, just for anyone, like, I wouldn't really have an idea of what sort of a, a seasoned boxer would be, but 40-plus fights surely is considered... You know, you know your you know your game. Yeah, like he's been around the circuit a long time. He's been in with a lot of prospects, like you know, lads coming up that have gone on to do really good things. And like mm-hmm. that, everyone that has stopped them have gone on to fight at title level. You know, European level, yeah. um, British titles, all that type of stuff. So you join uh, the club? Yeah, absolutely. And is that what's next now for you, the title shot? Um, yeah, we're hoping to get the Celtic title now. Um, we have a date lined up, but I just need to wait till everything's kind of locked yeah, yeah, in fair. before we can yeah. go make, making it public. But okay. yeah, hopefully the Celtic title, that'll be an eight-round fight, and um, that'll get the ball rolling big time. Well, it'll be written down as an eight-round eight fight. Yeah, it'll be scheduled <laughs> for a <it>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, deadly. And, um, so that's what's happened up till now. Go back, way back to, how did it start? What age? Where did you start? I think I must have been probably, I think I was seven, seven years old when um, I got the first initial interest and it was just from watching boxing at home. My man and dad were always big fans, you know, and they'd be watching boxing every Saturday night when it was like back during Bernard Dundas. Um, okay, I remember that myself actually, we were all into that. Yeah, and you know, when he was out on the point doing that all the time, I'd watch, be watching, I just fell in love. And then um, we wanted to go down to the local boxing club, Baldoyle it would have been. Um you had to be nine to start, but my mom was like, I know, he, he wants to do it, you know. It's not like me dropping him off for a babysitting type of thing, like the young wants to box. She's like, I'll wait outside for the hour and a half if you want, like, and you can throw him out to me if he acts the bollocks. So that was grand, so we started doing that and just wow. took off from there, yeah. So even then, your man knew, and probably your, your whole family knew that, you know, this wasn't the piss thing. Yeah, it was just like, real. no, you know what, it was just, if that had been ballet that I wanted to do, my ma would have yeah. still brought me down and it was just, that's what I wanted to do and they wanted to help me out and, cool. you know, do you know yourself, you've, you, you're young for Noah, if he wanted to do it, you'd do the same, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And my dad was the same with me, like it was always, you know, the, the question was always asked, what do you want to do? And in fairness, he had a hard time getting me to do anything, any sort of sport, he was always trying to get me to do, you know, a bit of karate or something like that, but basketball it was eventually the one I, I kind of went into but I always got the same thing that you got was like look whatever you want to do we'll, we'll do it with you you know we're not forcing you into anything but um, 
once you do it you do it yep. you know so I think that's a really good quality to have and surely that was clearly that was fostered by your family from day one and that's why yeah 100% you're, you're was the thing of if you're going to do it we're going to do it you know mm. we'll bring you down we'll pick you up we'll do everything yeah. but you're committed to this now mm. remember like there was times when as a kid I'd be like oh, I don't want to go down but it was like no you signed up to do it you're right. going to do it you're going to see it through now it's mm. time to do it and can you remember when when it sort of got to the point where like those thoughts weren't an issue like that you didn't want to go that you you were always just yeah I think once I started actually fighting and started winning and then yeah. I remember like my first year as a, as a competitive boxer you have, you have to be 11 and uh, my first year I just I cut through everyone <laughs> literally there wasn't anyone that asked one round of me <laughs> flew through I got to the nationals then and I got beaten by a good enough lad that went on to win it by a point but then it was like alright this is real now do you know what I mean and then I just went off from there wow. and then it started to become a thing of like no, I can actually do this, and it could become a real thing in life. And you know, and then you're looking at to believe in yourself. Then that's it. And you're looking at professional boxers, and you're seeing that as well. And you're like, no, you can actually make like a living out of this, and you could do it for real. And did you ever have any points like when you were say a teenager that you kind of the eye was torn with the drink or like girls no, and like that? No, nothing you always at all. Were committed. Like, never drink, never done anything. It was just trying flat out all the time. Savage. Um Like I'm lucky because like that my man and dad were so invested in it for me mm-hmm. so they pushed me all the time and like my dad bring me all around the country for training if I needed it they paid for me to go and train with strength and conditioning coaches when I'm like 16 you know and like, doing all that and then like that when you're I think I won my first Irish title at Tordain so I'm on the Irish team from there so that's all you care that's all, yeah. I, cared. That's all I cared about like literally I wouldn't didn't do anything went to school went to train trained in the morning went to school that was it that's all I cared didn't care about anything at all mm. class and <clears throat> People listening to this would probably ask the question in their head, maybe. Um, you know, you see the, the Netflix documentaries with the trophy parents. You know, they're, you know, so... They're living through their kids vicariously, you know. But I don't think... I've, I've very, very briefly met your dad at one of the fights. And he didn't come across to me as someone who sort of wanted you to do it for him. No. So it wasn't like him pushing you to do it. You never, you just sorry to cut across you. You just got the sense that he's willing to do this for me, so I'm going to put everything I can. Yeah. So like maybe that bumped heads over the years, probably through the boxing. But right. I know that he's just pushed me and he's wanted to get the best out of me. Right. For me though. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because he knows how much I've invested into it. So he would he'd help me out a lot, and like that he'd crack down a bit on me. You know, training. Am I going training here? Am I going training on the Wednesday or Friday night? They come. Am I going training? Right. and obviously when you're a kid you don't want to always do it but for the right reason do you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like no keep your mind keep your head in the game this is why you're doing it you're not doing it for the odd fight you're just doing this is to make a living this is for the bigger picture here you know yeah Um. and I'm just really grateful for it now yeah you know? that's a huge message and I think if you say to people like from a young age like him like even we look at Conor McGregor or any of those kind of guys and they say it from when they really don't seem like they have any right to say it. But that's how you... Over, like That's how you actually make it, by just deciding, no, this is it. Mm-hmm. There's no maybe, there's no... Because if you have a maybe, you're not going to make it. You're just you're going to pull yeah. out, you know, when it's hard or... If there's any doubt, yeah, you're, you're done. Yeah. Part. Funny so, enough, <laughs> like, just to, on that point, like, I remember deciding I was going to be a footballer, you know, and I was probably not good enough, but that's what I wanted, yeah. and I was ready to commit. I was only maybe 10. I had trials for a local enough but decent team 
Um, probably wouldn't have made it anyway, but uh, Bill put me down on blast. Like, he was like, look, he was just pure realistic. Like, you know, it's so hard. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen. You know what I mean? Whereas if he had a took your dad's approach, God knows where I could have been. You know yeah. what I mean? So it is an important message to put out to be so supportive. You know what I mean? So you can you can really see the importance in that. Yeah. And it's something to be admired in, in a parent, I think, you know. Yeah. There was a stat, I think Nabil told us a stat when I was talking to him before, that 97% of soccer players, like in these UK mm. academies for these big clubs, 97% of them never see a game. Yeah, it's probably even more. So, you know, re- realistic, fine. Like, if you don't want your kid to be heartbroken. But at the yeah. same time, if you want, if, if, if you really think you want them to make it, you have to be willing to to look at that 3% as, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, he can get to that yeah, 3%, yeah. you know? If not, then you're just already kind of admitting that yeah, you're just going to be another statistic, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Um, there is a balance there, I suppose, to, to, to managing kind of like the failure or like the potential failure. Uh, I'd say that's definitely where it came from. He wasn't trying to put doubt on me, but I'd say that was yeah. kind of trying to manage the feeling yeah. of, you know, it's probably not going to happen, so I don't yeah. want him to end up heartbroken, you know? Was that ever in your head? No, I think we always, like, the, the more I rose boxing-wise, like, the more I was winning, the more I was doing, you know, the more my dad kind of helped me and gave me that push. So it was like, when I was third down, I got my first national. Then I got another national off the bounce of that. So it was two in a row, and then it's like, right... It's the time to step it up a little bit now, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's getting real now. And then we qualified for the Europeans, and like that, you got I got a silver medal in the Europeans. So every time, then I go up, the support around me will go yeah. up with me, you know. Wow. Um, which is great. Like I said, like he'd drive me down the country for sparring. He'd pay extra money for me to get training off so and so, or you know, whatever training to get. I'd never go out brand new training to get new gloves, new boots, new everything mm. every couple of months, you know. Yeah, amazing. And then like if you're looking at that. How can you not give it a hundred and ten percent as well? You know. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. in my head, you're almost you're accountable, kind of. You know. You're that's like, the difference as well. You you had the talent. <laughs> that's yeah. probably where the game. Yeah. I mean, you had the talent for it. You could no, see but, it. Um, like I remember then, my ma, my ma's a hairdresser. You know, but I remember one year. I think I was twelve, and I cut away for the first time. So I was mm. like two kilo the day before. But twelve years old. I mean, like that's a lot. And I remember then the next day when I weighed in I was like great sugar give me it all and I just, and then it just I got sick like a, sick as a dog coming out of me from both ends so my mum was like great no fuck it my mum went back to college to do a nutrition course just for me oh, just to know just for what to feed me so my mum had done knife skill as she was running her own business as she was running her own hairdresser she went back to college done full knife skill full time to get a degree in nutrition just for me like you know that's amazing yeah. that's amazing see there's there's another message to you even as a kid you surely picked up on that it's like right there's a lot of effort being put yeah. in here so yeah, and I don't think it was even I'm not speaking for you but I don't think it was like you're you're saying oh shit I better do well it was more like you'd be a feed off a kind yeah, of thing you know th- these people believe in me you yeah. have super self esteem then and you go right I can do this yeah there's a reason why they believe in you there's yeah, a reason yeah. why they want to help you it's yeah, not yeah. to get something back and it's not oh yeah when he makes he's going to give us a few quid you know yeah. what I mean like it's, they just want to help so yeah. that lifts you amazing that's brilliant. Um, so that's what, uh, like your mid-teens, your in and out nationals, all that jazz. What was the next sort of big thing for you? Well, like, I remember I actually, do you know what? I fell completely out of love with amateur boxing. Well, no, so to start, I never got into boxing to become an Olympic medalist. Didn't give, did not care, but I wanted to go pro straight away. Um, so that was never my goal, but obviously I understood that there's, a way to go about it you have to go amateur and you have to do well and you have to get signed by a promoter then and all that stuff mm. so I remember I was I think I was 16 at the time and um, 
I was just coming off winning a bronze medal in the Worlds and I had a national championship in the April it was and I remember it broke me balls for, from January to April killed myself in the gym done everything right and I got bet on a split decision terrible decision like I mean just awful and I remember standing there in the ring that moment I was like yeah that's me done with amateur boxing just had no time for it no love for it I knew I loved the sport of boxing but amateur boxing and the system and mm. everything there like the Irish Boxing Association they're all bleeding crooks you know Mm. so I knew that and that was just me checked out when was that? I would have been 16 so I was like but like I said I knew the procedure I still had the box you know Yeah. but I didn't do it with my whole heart um, because I didn't love it I'd yeah. done it to kill time until I got to that age of like 20 when I can be a man and go pro then right but I still done well um, and then I kind of got I went to college when I got to 8am then I'm working so you're trying to balance college work and training mm. so you fall into a bit of a hole there um, still training I still trained every day competitions went down to like one time a year so you're not as active mm. and then um, I remember like that I was 20 and I was getting the bus out to college one day and I got into college and did no microwaves for me to heat me lunch up so I had to eat cold chicken and broccoli and I just said fuck that <laughs> went home <laughs> that's, me, me, that's me done in college, college done. I remember I went onto the internet and they have like there's this thing called box rec you know so it's like every professional boxer and manager in the world and I sat down and I looked at every single professional manager in the world every active manager and I was looking and I was thinking right America, UK is where I need to be so I looked at every one of them and I seen who fits me and I got in touch with them and I tried to get the ball rolling from there because I just said I'm done with it well yeah. you just proactively went out and said I'm, I'm kickstarting this, yeah. this, this, this is I'm not, not, not waiting anymore I said good luck I'm getting it done myself brilliant savage yeah and just just to pull it back a little bit, um, when when you kind of decided in the ring that time when you felt you you got robbed, I believe you hundred percent. Um, at that stage, had you kind of been, you know, tipped, I suppose, for going to the Olympics? Were you on that kind of path? Yeah, of, like there was okay. articles written about me, like you know, Tokyo twenty twenty what uh, watch lists watch and all this. that. Yeah, and there was like, remember like the north that people were coming out to me, uh, boxing club, and there was all this stuff being done about me and all. And then it was like, and then not even that, like it's like how hard you work for it how much you've done and you'd think as well that you know winning a European silver and a world bronze medal you'd get a bit of leeway from the bleeding yeah, thing, you know? yeah. and I tried to dispute it and they're like if you dispute it you're going to get suspended for six months because you know where I say it's final that type of stuff Jesus yeah <coughs> um, what was I going to say there was that the same time that Mick Condon was kind of going on about that stuff or was that yeah that would have been 2016 so yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, when he was in Rio yeah that was a uh, that was an eye opener for a lot of people. I think the fact yeah. that someone was willing to. But the thing is, like, if you look, if you, if you're around amateur boxing, that's happening from eleven years old. Yeah. Right up to the Olympics, you know. So it's like, oh, he's in so and so's club. Give him the nod. It's that bad. Ah, oh, fuck off. So it's like you're seeing these two eleven-year-old kids that are fighting for the pure love of the sport, yeah. just enjoying it, and then does that being done? Just know? poison. Like, yeah. yeah, that's awful. From that young, that is disgusting. Yeah, like, that's yeah, like, really it's, literally it's from that young, from eleven years old. Fighting in a club show up till Olympics, like it's from rotten from the core in. Yeah, it's crazy. So is your only shot then to fight out of the right clubs, regardless so of how good you are? Like, yeah. So if your coach or your your club chairman or whatever isn't sitting at so and so's table, you know, and they're not going to meetings and oh my god, yeah. And then I remember, I think I was twenty, I was nineteen, and then um, I entered the competition. And this is like, you know, you meant to be, everyone's meant, this is meant to be a neutral competition. So this is like, to book to, it's a national. So you win that, you get your slot on the Irish team. So the way it works, about six months before a national, every fighter gets sent back to their own club. You can't be on the Irish team. You have no affiliation because you have to earn your spot for the new year. Mm-hmm. 
So that's grand. So we go in, we get a draw. Uh, we draw, get our draw for the competition. And I drew the lad that's the current national champion. But it is what it is, you know. And then we have the fight and all. And he beats me. A split decision. He should have bet me. No no, no uh, bonus about that. He was just sharp. But then you find out that he'd done a four-week international sparring camp before this competition with the Irish team. So it's like... It's meant to be a fair competition, but he's getting all this preferential treatment, these top-class sparring trips, you know. So it's like they're being groomed to win this competition yeah. that's meant to be completely fair. So how how can you compete with that? At this stage, I'm working full-time. I'm in college, yeah. and you're trying to train when these lads are getting funded and getting... And obviously, it's not his fault. He's not going to say no to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're getting full-time training, full-time sparring camps, everything looked after when it's meant to be... Right, uh, fair competition. And let's say in that particular instance, you said, "Okay, so everyone has to go back to their club, and it's going to be a fair playing field. So no one's getting any special treatment." But you said to yourself, "Right now, I'm going to do this camp that I know about." But you can't get into it because that's what I mean. So, so someone knew. Someone well, no, knows so he would have been brought in by the Irish team. That's what I mean. Like, to go so, and do somebody that. knows that. Yeah, somebody knows he's not supposed to be there, but they're just not. Yeah, it's meant to be a thing where like everyone's back in that club. Yeah. You earn your spot for the team for the rest of the year. Yeah. But, you know, mental. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. And I know you're you're not one for even like referee makes a bad decision or, you know, blaming outside circumstance, but it's kinda of hard when it's well, that the, bad, the, like, the thing to, like how are you meant to really compete fairly against it? Yeah. Like I'm saying to you, like you're in college all day, so you're getting up to run before college you're going to college then you're going home to train then you're working the weekend so you're missing out on training sessions and you're missing out on recovery you know you're trying to juggle three things at once when mm. these other lads have just one thing to worry about so they're being ground to win these competitions yeah. Yeah. so the cards are stacked against you at the start with yeah so that's that was what I said like good luck do you know what I mean not well, a just um, on that like, would, would you have came across a lot of other fighters who kind of maybe had a, a lot of potential like yourself and just kind of gave in over this yep. you see it so often like every yeah. competition you see like these lads that are like Oh, you see, oh, so-and-so, he's deadly. He's surely going to go and do great things. And he'll just get ripped off and he'll just like that. He'll get a pain in his hole and say good luck. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's awful. Like, I only talked with Steve, Stevie, about Stevie Collins about this. Like, there's probably thousands of lads out there that had they have been given the bit of support and the bit of push and looked after, they'd be world champions by now. You know, that yeah. good, like, and yeah. just, you'll never hear them. They're just gym stories. It's mad. Yeah. Well, like, we've no shortage of Irish... You know, legends in boxing, so that's no surprise to me that mm. the talent is out there. But it's just a lot of bollocks that um, it's politics. You hear it all the time. You hear yeah. that we're politics, yeah, it's a and nobody knows what it means. Yeah. But it's just that kind of favoritism. Who you're rubbing shoulders with? Are you yeah. friends with him? No, and no, I'm sure it's like that in every other sport across the board. Yeah, like, I guarantee yeah. it's not just boxing; it's everything. You yeah. know, yeah. once there's money involved and all that, yeah. there's yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, look, that's it is what it is, and we're. You're moving on anyway now, so uh, tell me about uh, Boston. You were in Boston. Yeah, that's right. So like I was saying, I was looking through like, you know, managers and where to go pro and stuff like that, and I put my head on and I said, right, you know, Irish man over in the East Coast will sell well. So I looked at New York, um, I think Philadelphia as well, I had a few people, and Boston. And um, I was talking to a fellow from Boston, and he was like, come on out, we can meet, you know, go around a few of the gyms and all. So we've done that, went out. Went a few around a few of the gyms and I actually met a really good coach over there. He was like trained like five world champions, stuff like that, like a really good stable. 
I was like, yeah, I'm happy here. And then this manager started promising me, like, the sun, moon, and stars, you know. He was like, oh, we'll pay you, you know, fully train all your rent. You know, he's like, I said, I'll go half with you on the rent. So he wanted to pay too much. Like, I'll help you with half of it. And um, he's like, I'll get you six fights a year. You know, they'll be on all these great cards, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, cool. And then he said as well, um, I'll get you a full visa, like a working visa. It's a five-year visa, so you can do it all. You'll be completely legit and all. I'm like, great, grand. So the January of 2020, just before like before the whole world went nuts, mm-hmm. I said, right, I'll go over again. I'm going to make the move over. And um, so I fly out and we meet and I remember as soon as I got to the as soon as I got out of the airport I met him and I gave him an envelope with three months renting for the house I was staying in because mm. uh, that house was the coach's house you know and I said there's a uh, three months rent for, he- for Hector who was named the coach and he's like oh yeah great no problem and then I'm um, there training away and four weeks passed whatever and I know there's like a settling in stage four weeks passed and I'm like great what story any update on the visa or anything like that he's like no no we're trying I was like alright kill cool. yeah keep me in the loop and all and then um I was like, I need to talk about fight or anything like that. And he's like, oh, maybe um, Paddy's Day would be good enough for you. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So we're trying away. Four weeks turns into like eight weeks. I'm not getting any money off him. So I'm like, all right, a bit weird here. Then I'm talking to him. I was like, any update on the visa again? He's like, no, we're just waiting to meet with the lawyer. I was like, so nothing started at all yet? And he's like, oh, no. I was like, all right, because you told me a few weeks ago that, like, you know, you're getting the ball rolling now and all and it was just lie after lie and he started lying over different lawyers and he'd be contradicting himself and all and you're catching it out mm. and then I remember Covid hit and I was like right I'm gonna you know I was like I'm gone I thought it was only gonna be like a three week thing you know flatten yeah. the curve and um, I remember when I got home then I was talking with the coach that I was living with and he was like yeah look your bed's still there and all he's like don't worry about the rent you can pay me that for the months you were here whenever and I was like what you mean I gave uh, my manager three months rent and he's like I didn't ever receive the penny off him Whoa. yeah he's like I, never, I says the minute I got out of the airport I handed him an envelope with three months rent and uh, he goes I never got a penny of that so oh yeah so it was literally just a scam to get to get that just money mainly I think it was just this fella thought he was someone he wasn't promised to Sunday on stars and then when he had to deliver he was like oh shit just trying to keep up with his lawyers. Yeah, like, that's all I think it was, yeah. Um, that's insane. But, you know, you look at it kind of, I remember it's going mad over it, but I think it was the best thing to happen because like that, I came back here, got started working in the gym, met Stevie, who was working with MTK at the time. So Stevie took me in, he managed me now, he introduced me to Pete. Mm-hmm. Pete coaches me, you know, and where I am now is the perfect place, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you learn the lesson from. <laughs> well, that's, well. that's, that's another thing. Say, you, yeah. learn, you learn. You learn. You always hear about the shady cowboys and pro boxing and how they're gonna rip you off and all. But like to actually to deal with one straight away probably is worth more experience than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. out of the way was probably yeah. well worth the yeah. three months' rent. <laughs> <laughs> and aside from that bullshit, how how did you find the fighting in Boston versus? here was that any different the, the training no you know you think like oh yeah America you think the grass is green or it's great and all and I remember like I was living in this house and there, I think there was 11 of us at one stage in the house and it's the only one that spoke English <laughs> literally everyone of them just spoke Spanish so that was for like 6 weeks and I'm living on my own and the house is like about half an hour out from the city and all so like you'd go up in the morning you'd train you'd come home do nothing then you train in the evening and do nothing that was 7 days a week it was like fucking being in prison you know, <laughs> I remember like I just go out and go on like tr- two hour walks and all during the day because what can you do? Wow. You're lying in a bunk, bunk bed for 20 hours a day, like it was bleeding horrible. Oh, and I was 
20 I was 20 and I was over there for like my 24th birthday and all so you know you're there for like I say for 3 months like that and it's just like a real eye opener mm. that's, <laughs> a, that's a young age to learn all those lessons it's a young age to be living in your own head for that many hours a day yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ um, so you got back here then just after the pandemic hit right yep and I thought you I don't know why I thought you were working in Westside before I got here no so I was always good night assignment we met through a mutual person that we know and we just started training together one day right and then um, I think it would have been July of 2020 just before everything opened back up he just yeah. gave me a shout and he's like there's a few hours in the gym there if you want to come down and do a bit and I thought you meant like a few hours that weekend cleaning I was like oh yeah I'll give you a dig out opening back up and all yeah yeah. <laughs> here we are now 2022 <laughs> assistant manager yeah absolutely the morning man <laughs> yeah so for anyone that doesn't know Paul gets up at what 4.30 4.40ish 4.15 4.15 excuse me yeah. to open Westside so anyone that comes in here at 5am or before or just after that you know, you, and you I've never you once been, been never once been late. Never been late. Yeah. yeah. I hope you didn't jinx that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah tomorrow morning, now yeah, half tomorrow. five. <laughs> so that's kind of an. Let's talk about that then. You're, you're. So we've already alluded to the fact that your social life was non-existent even as a, a teenager. So you never even really mentioned that as a difficult thing for you to overcome and I don't even think it was it was no like a, everyone always talks about you know that fear of missing out thing like oh how do you feel you're not going out as a kid and you're not even now like I don't go out like I'll go out like the week after me fight I'll go out a few times you know but yeah. people are like oh how do you feel like you're missing out and I'm like how do I know what I'm missing out on if I've never done it yeah. do you know what I mean like I don't care about going out to a nightclub or going out drinking because like I've said there's one thing I care about it's boxing yeah. that's it Yeah. honestly like I could not care if I never went out again in my life I wouldn't care Yeah. doesn't bother me yeah I'm with you so your your daily routine then give us a quick like run through right. so 4.15 I'm up at 4.15 yeah wash dress the whole ball of wax in here for about 20 to 5 open up get everything ready gym opens at 5 that's grand I work till half 9 then I go train with my coach P Taylor out in the Coliseum gym at 10 o'clock that'll be till about half 11 I go home have a bit of lunch chill out then I train I have three conditioning either with Stephen or on my own um, go home again then about 5 o'clock eat me dinner go to bed for 8 o'clock every day Monday Great. to Friday simple that's it you yep. could follow my, you could trace my footsteps from my girlfriend's house to the gym to the Coliseum back to here like literally you could, I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> be hard man to assassinate <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it's impressive but I don't think you see it as impressive and I actually no. think it's quite a nice thing I actually love it yeah like it's not like this big routine of dragging myself up it's just like clockwork yeah. now you know and I and enjoy it a, and it yeah. gets the best out of me yeah like there's no I've only seen it like even like the, the dieting thing like you know when you're sitting down in the evening time and you want a few biscuits with a cup of tea and I'm in bed at 8 o'clock like so I don't, get the, cra- don't get the craving for yeah, shit yeah. food or anything like, yeah. and then you're up so early just, it's, I think it's perfect for yeah. my life it suits me so good that's great um, so I've had the pleasure of passing Paul every morning at about 20 past half five because I work in Westside as well obviously and last year no it was this year maybe just after Christmas you decided to read a book a week or was yeah. that last year can't remember now but whatever um, so a book a week I, ca- I don't think I've finished more than five books in my whole life never mind a book a week um, so you must have gained a lot of yeah, so nuggets it's over like the that, last like, little while. From about 
half six, seven o'clock, I'm in bed. And I just read for like that hour and a half type of thing. And then in the mornings I'll do a bit of reading. Because mm. it's just, if I'm not doing that, I'm sitting on my phone just scrolling, trying yeah. to be brain into bleeding mashed potatoes, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. And I wasn't, I was always a really big reader as a kid. My ma had it in me as a kid, like, I used to love reading. And then, you know, when you get to that age, when you're a teenager and all, it's like, it's not cool to read. So I just stopped reading for so long. Mm. And then um, I just fell, fell back in love with it. And then me mate Luke, uh, Snake Boy Luke, he's a big reader as well. Mm. So that helped having a little episode cool. of that. But um, yeah, it's deadly. So, favourite book over the last little while? My favourite book would be The Great Gatsby. I love that anyway. I'd read that every year. But. Yeah. Um, I've read a book recently on recovery, and that's probably changed a lot for me yeah. in my, my training. Um, good to go. It's called just this. Um, this writer goes around and tries all these different recovery methods, and basically labels them as bullshit or not. Right. Really good. So that's an interesting little topic. Then you coming from more or less a traditional boxing background, where it was run, 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 spire, 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 run, run, run. And recovery wasn't even probably mentioned. Yeah, well, at all. that's it. You're coming from these old school herders that, you know, it's like run more, punch more, yeah. go harder. And don't get me wrong, there's a time and place for that, absolutely. Um, but I think the thing with boxing is like they're almost they're too stuck in their ways to change, you know? Mm. So it's like, no, this is the way, this is gospel. That's, you know, go out and run around that hill 25 times and you'll get fit. Yeah. Um, no recovery. You know, I, I remember even like when I was growing up and I think I was sixteen and I started doing working with a strength and conditioning coach and my boxing coach was like, No, wait till I make a stiff Right. That whole <laughs> right. thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like you're reading and you're learning these new things and you're like, Jesus, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. You know? Even like the training I'm doing with Pete now, I look back as what I was doing as an amateur and I'm like, How was I even what was I doing? You know? And I was, I, I only I think I spoke to you about this day, you're like I said that, you know, well, they don't, the coaches didn't really know, and then you made a good point that, well, they should know. Yeah. They should be updating themselves with the yeah. times, you know? And in fairness, you've, you've said to me on a few occasions that Pete, as as solidified as Pete is in the boxing world, like, he has every right to just ride those coattails for as long as he wants, but he's always trying to update and, and trying to learn and, and yeah, um, upscale. He's always looking at new things. He's like a mad bleeding scientist, you know? <laughs> like he was telling me, he got this big manuscript, this big Russian manuscript for um, strength and conditioning for boxing. So it's something like 2,000 pages, but he went through the effort and he got every single page of it translated <laughs> into English. No and he's at home reading it and all. So like that's the level, that's the depth he's going yeah. into, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's obviously needed at this level, but I think looking back at like the amateur stuff, that it needs to be brought in there you know because there's no change even like I'm looking back at like the training that's being done in amateur clubs and air when it's the exact same as when I was a kid mm. it's, it's just yeah that, you see it with even soccer and stuff like they're still running laps they're still doing all the old you know things that just don't make sense like when do you ever run in a straight line around a football yeah. pitch in a football game it just doesn't happen so that kind of really bugs me and yeah I won't let people away with uh, the information wasn't out there yes it was yeah, so, go, somebody go knew through, yeah. somebody is trying to even like use your own yep. if you love it that much use your own brain and put some of your own spin on it you know so yeah no fair play to Pete um, hopefully meet him soon enough actually we're trying to set up a meeting yeah, we'll have to talk great, to him yeah. pick his brain but um, if you had your club if you had your own boxing club I think we talked about this briefly before talking about what we just talked about there Um kid comes in at seven like you did or nine whatever it's supposed to be um, what would you say is the most 
important thing in that first day and like maybe that first year or two for that kid I always actually think about this it's a tricky one I think to get right because I remember when I first went into my club there was a lot of older lads and they were bigger than me and you know I remember I was throwing in sparring with them and I used to get bashed like you know and like that was good for me and that strengthened me but I'm the type of person that will take that and make it a good thing but there's a lot of kids that I could probably ruin you know Yeah. so I think it'd be a tricky one to get the balance for like if you're going to put them in sparring early like do you let them have the hard spars and learn or do you kind of yeah. wrap them a bit and you focus more on like technique stuff and take them out of sparring and build them that way Yeah. so I don't I've honestly no idea yeah. it'd be more, something more that individual kind I of think thing. so it would be something that you need to try and you yeah, need to yeah. know what the kid is you're working with you know yeah. well that's a huge part of coaching um, again a friend of mine who hopefully we'll speak to again on the podcast uh, Nabil Morad over in, in Austria he said the same thing that some kids need to be yelled at and screamed at and they need that pressure and then some kids need to be really slowly mm. gently eased into things and plant seeds and then you know slowly gradually it's like even with our training still like um, like I remember the first time you were spying yeah. I was really worried about like what's going to happen right when he's going to get hit for the first time now <laughs> you know honestly because it's not yeah. you know it's like right what's going to happen but it was the best thing that happened to you yeah, I was yeah. getting hit so for a quick context here Paul I've had the pleasure of, of being coached by Paul since what maybe February March of this year um, he's shown me some of the boxing stuff and yeah we had a spar one of Stevie lads young guy um you know, I'm sure he was a bit intimidated seeing me coming in, not knowing what I was going to be like because I, you know, tank top, you know, biceps out, whatever. But yeah, he made bits of me. But Paul, you're dead right. Like, I needed to feel yeah. what it's like. Oh, I got punched in the face. And you're all right. That's and you're fine. still there, yeah. Yeah. So, there, the more that happens, I suppose, the, the better. But yeah, yeah, you can't get smashed up. Plus, like, I can't just throw you in there every day, put you in for five spars in a row, you know, get yeah, yeah. a hiding each time. Yeah. So that's it's that type of thing with coaching. I think you need to get a bit of experience and get the balance with it and say, all right, he's had a hard spar, pull the lad back now and give him a good, give him an easier spar now right. or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Give him feedback, let him work on that. Yeah. Let him get a win. Yeah. Is that something you see yourself doing, maybe, in future? Yeah, I always said I would, even if not, like, a full-time coaching role, but it definitely would help out. I don't know what way it'd be, if it'd be, like, pro coaching or kid coaching. Yeah. But I think that, like if you don't give back what you've learned you've stolen type of thing you know I like that that's cool yeah, yeah that's I think so that's really cool. you know there's been a lot of stuff help, I've been helped out a lot not even just by coaches by other boxers and by everything that you pick up bits and I think that if you don't pass it on you know you're, you're wrong for you you should pass it on to people yeah. also I think I definitely find that when I'm coaching you with the strength stuff and you find it probably when you're coaching me that if you have to explain it and give it out you have to understand it even more than you think it is. Yeah, because you have to be able to break it down. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'll give you a sequence like a combination of whatever, and you'll say why. Yeah, and if I'm just bullshitting you <laughs> and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be caught out. out because, yeah. yeah, just just, just do, do it. it. <laughs> just do it. No, it'll work. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. you have to be able to actually know why you're doing it. Yeah, so everybody wins. You're giving back, literally giving to people who yeah. want it and then you're learning and even yeah even or... my uncle is an MMA coach jiu-jitsu coach and all and he said that his jiu-jitsu went to the next level when he started coaching okay you know that's when he actually went to that next level and he got that bit better was when he was coaching because he's breaking down stuff and he's yeah. going through stuff and he's really understanding now there you go what it is that's fascinating isn't it mm. yeah, yeah. Who, who's your uncle would he be well known Andy Ryan uh, and Team Ryan oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah so. no, definitely yeah yeah get him on the good podcast good reputation yeah <laughs> 
Just to drag it back a little bit, um, you were saying kind of you came back and, and you were kind of getting involved with MTK and that. Um, I kind of heard whispers that had been kind of plans for you and, you know, there was a bit of a roadmap there. Um, can you kind of walk us through, I suppose, what, what happened there, what the sequence of events and, and where yeah, you so, um I remember that, you know, the ball was starting to roll a bit with MTK. Um, you know, they were getting me active and stuff and then they were... They, they put out this map of we're gonna get you this, we're gonna get you so many fires and we'll go here and this avenue and all and then obviously as I imagine everyone knows it went bust yeah. you know they ceased to operate um, but that was grand um, well it wasn't really grand you know it was a thing where I remember sitting down and it was like the more you think of it you're just getting yourself down and down about it you know and you're like oh geez what's gonna happen here and all and then probably about a week this went on for and I just said right fuck it get out and train you know what I mean nothing I can do about it um, either it's going to work out or it's not I'll just train either way mm. and then luckily enough like I've Stevie Collins there who looks out at me so much um, he still has me he puts so much time into me and he told me he says look I'm going to get your work don't be worrying and he mm. lived up to his you know he kept his word yeah, um, Stevie's a great great yeah. guy yeah, yeah that, that was kind of what I was wondering you, you were with Stevie kind of during the MTK time as well and then you kind of just continued yeah. on no that was it he said, he said to me look you're my boy I'm going to get your work yeah. don't be worrying and sweet, sweet. Yeah. good stuff yeah disappointing obviously for you because I know there was a good bit of momentum there at the time <clears throat> um, that was when we kind of started working together myself and yourself and you know three 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 fights with them four fights MTK four fights yeah so I mean there's yeah. good momentum there and takes this thing out when it kind of went like that but as you say the person that you are we talked about it from the very start like your your whole upbringing from seven years old this whole journey you know that's what I think shows how you, you're you're still where you're at now yeah, you're still going the same direction going, isn't it? Yeah. just keep yeah. the head down and you know if you can't control it there's yeah. no point in none of that was ever going to stop you no like, no, yes. no matter what yeah. like, I knew that it was a short term problem you know it's yeah. nothing going to happen that's amazing at, at the, a young age like that um I think at any age to pull yourself out of a hole like that after having the dreams and getting so close to it right mm. this I have it now I'm, I'm, I just have to keep my head down and work and then it's snatched away Yeah. but you know any human I think that can pull themselves out and say fuck that I'm just going to keep going here it's, it's an impressive yeah, thing like, you know? I know how good I am yeah. and that's, there's no I'm not sugar no, there's no like arrogance with that I know how good I am and then I know that like, I've just touched on all the people I have around me the team mm. I have around me so it's a formula to succeed, you know. Yeah. It can't not work out. Yeah, I I love hearing you say that, right? Because I, I I've explained this to a few people, and I don't think they understand what I mean. Because when I say that you you know how good you are, and that there's nobody in this country right now at your weight that can stand out to touch you. When I say, oh yeah, Paul said like there's there's no one there that can touch him. Like they see the Conor McGregor up yeah, on stage, yeah. throwing shapes. Yeah. Where, when they hear it, like you just said it there. It's much different. It's like, no, you just heard how much work I do. You heard my day. You heard how I went to Boston. Russia, you told me you went to as well. Yeah, I went to Russia as a kid and stuff like so that, yeah. why wouldn't I think I'm, I'm that good? And I'm, I'm, now there's, I'm not disrespecting anybody. I'm yeah, just, I think it'd be I'm more disrespectful of the team I have if I didn't say I was that good, you know? Yeah, sounds fair. The graft I'm putting in that I've just talked on, the team that I have around me that are, that are backing me, yeah. how can I not work out? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I know that for a fact. Awesome. Great mentality, yeah. So we're back to we're back training next week, and we're uh, just targeting sight as far as I'm concerned. I know you said there's no definite date yet, but we're just gonna yeah, start the train rolling and go for it. 
Yeah, like that. Like I don't really do this whole eight week camp thing. Yeah, I enjoy training. Ready. Yeah. I enjoy being in the gym and learning and getting better every day. I don't look at it as this big task or thing, you know. Yeah. That's why I was saying about how the me day is scheduled just around training because that's what I like, you know. Yeah. That's what I enjoy doing. I don't like sitting around and watching fucking shit on telly that yeah. has no interest or that's all I care about really, yeah. you know. Is that something that you think uh is vital to the operation that you you love it to that point yeah 100% I think you need to have that just tunnel vision and just one goal you know people always say like oh, have you got a plan B or what are you going to do after boxing and all I don't care I mean I'm not going to worry about that because I think if you have like plan B and plan C you're just you're not confident in your plan yeah. A other focus is uh, yeah. it's drags yeah. 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 yeah like you hear these lads that are like oh I've two years left in the sport or I've three years just leave it now honestly right. just Stop now. You're done. That. Yeah. yeah, you're yeah. already checked out. You're already giving yourself that kind yeah. of safety now. I'll do this already, after. Yeah, you're checked you know. out. I remember, like, I think it was last year, I was sitting down, I was like, I might look at a college course to do. And I was looking through it and all. And my dad was like, You're not going to do it. <laughs> Just be, like, mommy, call it how it is. You're not going to do a college course. He says, you, you used to get the bus out to college, cross the road, and get the bus back home because you knew we'd be out and work. <laughs> so, and that's exactly what I used to do. But he just said, he's like, you want to train and you want to box and you have a team around you that you can do a full time. So why would you, you know what I mean, yeah. go on half hours of college course that you're not going to do? And can you think of why that would have come into your head at the time? No, I think, you know, like everything, you kind of, you ask yourself little questions, don't you? Like doubt does creep in yeah. now and again. You're like, yeah, it's human. Oh, Jesus, what? What if, you know? Yeah. But you don't have to pull yourself back a bit. Yeah, you know, like you be sitting there, and it's always the, it's always the stages of like when you're quiet in camp or you don't have a fight or whatever. You're like, all right, what what am I gonna do now? You know, like what what's gonna happen after this? Yeah, but you just need to keep going, just keep the ball rolling, just get grounded again. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Like big people think boxing and I don't know. Think of a fucking single sport. Like I don't know, bowling or something. People think it's one person. Golf is a yeah. good example. It's, 10, 12, 15 people. Um, yeah, like that book you've given me, Outliers. There's yeah. no such thing as a self made man. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things, isn't it? Um, like, you think of, you look through any successful person, like they go through Bill Gates, they go through everyone. Yeah. There's no one out there that actually got there just on their own. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah, and what really strikes me, which is that, that everyone you seem to mention in the sports system is 100% there, which you like. Um, there doesn't seem to be any sort of weak link no, no sort it's of doubt crazy. around you I've, I was only speaking with my girlfriend about it and like that she's a rock for me you know mm-hmm. but I've I, and it's just happened naturally the team I have around me is just special you know like everyone there are there for just the right reasons they're there to help me yeah. Yeah. not looking for anything else like like there's lads there in the gym like uh, me cut man mark me mate screamer and all that they come to me fights in England to help me you know yeah. they take time out of their life time away from their family time out of their job they're on money to come over to England just to help me, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Even like Steve came to one of my fights in February there, he didn't know didn't need to come at all. Yeah. Just wanted yeah. to come that's to see the hard work we put in yeah. come to fruition, yeah, absolutely. you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you said, it's kinda of like you don't feel like you you owe it. You just feel like you you're you're part of it. Yeah, and it's, it's gonna like, happen because yeah, of it, yeah. It's just important to, to I don't know, the community part of it, the family part of it, it's just a nice thing to be. Yeah, no, it's great, but I think the team I have around me now that I've made, well, not even made, it's just happened naturally, it's just, it's unbeatable, you know? Yeah, but that that book, Outliers, kind of touches on it, I think. If anyone hasn't read that, by the way, it's a great book to read, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. But I don't think 
like the way you're talking about it, is like, oh, it, it just looked that I ended up with this these people in my life. I don't think that's fair. I think it, it it's cultivated through your values, and likewise for those people, they yeah. wouldn't stick yeah. around. They wouldn't go to your fights. Yeah, of course. Take, yeah. If you weren't legit, and if you weren't giving enough, yeah, well, it's like that. To them. It's like that thing I was talking about back with me dad and my ma. You know, the more I put into it, the better I got. Yeah, the more they're putting into it with me. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so we're growing together. Yeah, it's like us. Like the better, the more we're going on with camps now. You're looking back at all of our programs. You're saying, all right, what can I get better?" At? Mm. Whereas you could say, "Actually, we're coming off. You know, all these knockouts and we're yeah. doing. It's like obviously it's work. We don't need to change that. Just yeah. keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. Yeah, so we're all kind of growing together. You know. Yeah. Okay, so I know how I think about that. That's a good point. I so I, I could say right, this is my fourth, uh, fourth time doing your strength conditioning work, and by all accounts, you know I'm doing a great job yeah. because you're undefeated. And yeah, every time I start again, it's like right, something has to get better. Some, something yeah. just can't be the same thing. So admitting that you're not great is. It sounds counterintuitive, but I think it's a, it's more of a strength and a weakness to say I'm not good enough. Even self, though you're self-reflection, isn't well, it? Like, Taylor, we mentioned yeah. him already. How long is he in the game? And he's still like not not good enough. Got to go again. Um, I really I feel bad for people that are in these sort of industries, whatever it may be, and think that they can just they have a formula that's going to work every time, and yeah, they don't need to change it. Or even that they're just afraid to look. Yeah, am, am I doing everything I can? And then the answer is no. I think that's the scary bit it's like shit oh, okay I have to do more mm. what if that's too hard what if you, I can't do it yeah but I think it should be a thing of you want to do more wouldn't it like not or I have to do more you like you've never you've, I don't think you've ever looked and said oh I just like need to do more with Paul or I need to change this it's alright now it's time to I have to yeah, yeah. you know you get yeah, to yeah fair point it comes back to kind of what you talk about a bit about kind of exploring and playing as well so like that exploring Absolutely. part of, of understanding it. It's something that I definitely wouldn't have seen in, in my own mindset. But even like the talk of outliers now, I'm thinking about like uh, I'd be more in the football than boxing, obviously. Uh, and I think about like Arsene Wenger coming into the Premier League and changing how people were eating and stretching. And it takes that outlier within the sport and, and within the kind of team to, to just explore and say this is a better way to do it. So you know, yeah. I can see how people get stuck in it. Like this is working, we can do it this way. But it does just take that one outlier just to upgrade the game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's it's mad to to see it coming from where I didn't have a mindset like that, you know. Right. Um. So it's actually very very interesting. Mm. Um. But what I was kind of getting, what I was uh, gone blank. I had a question. Oh, carry uh, on, carry gone. on. It's gone. Yeah, we'll come gone. back to you. Um, yeah. So Alicia, your your girlfriend, is just saying she's a a rock, and I yep. well believe it. Um. She looks after your recovery and that. She looks after me whole life. Oh, <laughs> she's like she's like right. me, she's like a carer. <laughs> she's not even a girlfriend. There's like a carer for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, so that's what they say, isn't it? Behind every good man, go one hundred percent. Great um, No, she does everything. Yeah. Honestly, like I try to do as much as I can for myself because I don't want to be. I feel like it's almost burdening, you know. But she's like, no, I'm here to help. Like, so she'll yeah. do the cooking if she needs to. You know, she'll drop me down to work, drop me to train or whatever. Um, yeah. Just do everything. Amazing. Literally, whatever I need to yeah, do. It's very important, yeah. yeah. And we'll just give her a little shout out. She's out in Kilock now? Kilbarrick. Oh, yeah. AKH Physical Therapy. Yeah, she's a fully qualified uh, sports therapist. There you go. Get sorted out. Yeah. Get your body right. Um, you get weekly 
little tune up to you. you have um, a nice not, little perk there. No, do you know what? I'm actually a bleeding. I'm actually awful for it. I'll never go in. I just I don't bother at all. Um, <laughs> so lazy for it. So she'd be like, every Friday come in, we'll do like a flush out, you know. She'll give a program and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, grand, grand. And then on Friday she's like, are you going to come in to me? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I thought I hate getting it done. So yeah. I will not let her like, do the dry needle and that. No, won't. I hate the pain of it. Yeah, yeah. so you you have a good few tattoos in your time before that you hate it. Yeah, you just, just I hate tattoos, I hate yeah. everything. I hate pain like that, I can't do it. The tattoos are the worst. Every time I'm get a ta- I go in to get a tattoo done, I'm like, I'm sitting there in the bed, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a cunt. And then I'm getting a tattoo done, and I'm like, right, I'm never getting a tattoo again, that's me done. And then you see something on Instagram, and like, oh, that look nice. Yeah, yeah but it's not, and she she's like, if you just let me draw a needle, yeah, you know, like, it'll help so much, and your recovery will be great. I'm like, I get that. But it's not happening. <laughs> I fully respect it, but I'm not going to let you do that. Right, well, I can out for the joint aid, and right, Alicia's done work on me, so don't mind Paul, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, she's great, so yeah, no, fair play to her. Yeah, it's, it's very important to have those people in your life to take the slack off, especially around like the you know last couple of weeks of camp and peaking up to the fight. It can obviously be pretty hard with the weight cut. But you were saying you stay in shape pretty much all the way. Yeah, like that, like... So I'll do nothing for the week after the fight. I'll do no training at all. But then from Monday, I'm back to it, down to a day. Um, I'm back in the gym. And I think these are the times when you learn the most. When you do improve, when you get that bit better, you know, when you're not yeah. in the camp. Because when you're in the camp, you're just you're getting sharp and you're doing what you're good at. Yeah. But when I'm out of a camp now, I can take time in the boxing gym to work on stuff that I don't do normally. Cool. Or even with us, like we can, we'll have like what four weeks now to play around and yeah. try stuff, and yeah. alright, that doesn't work. Let's chop it for this, and you know, yeah. I think that these are the times when it'll make the difference. Just add stuff. Whereas to you see these yeah. lads that they'll do nothing and they'll do a crash eight week camp now, and just, it's like a weight cutting camp, and they're cutting twenty pounds. And Jesus, yeah, that happens yeah, way too regularly. Seem, uh, it doesn't seem practical. No, I remember like my uncle said it to me before. After the fight, when I was acting like you know, the mind wasn't really there, and my uncle, like he's an MMA coach, he just said to me simply, You need to live the life, yeah, to live the life of what you want to do, mm. and that's what I've done ever since. Like, so I'm never not in the gym, I'm never not fit, I'm never not able to go six rounds in a fight, you know, right? Even though you haven't, you've only done it what, one, twice, yeah, I'll always be able to go six rounds, I'm yeah. always fit for six rounds, like, I'll always be able to do that, I'll, always, I'll never be more than like. 12 pounds off me weight yeah. so you know and there's lads that'll do that in like a week before the fight mm. a crazy bleeding yeah, wake up madness and not even just the the physical like having to cut weight and even you know your training suffers you're supposed to be at your strongest and yeah. yet you're doing this yeah. shit and trying to get weight off you but the mental like you're supposed to be focused that's it like, like your one goal should be alright I have a fight on whatever date I need to win that fight. Yeah. It's not, oh yeah, I'm weighing in on the day before, I need to make that weight. It's not a weight cut camp, it's not Weight Watchers, you know? And why... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not sponsored by Weight Watchers, sorry. <laughs> um, why, why is that sort of, a, a, sort of an ethos in, even the, the professional MMA stuff in the UFC, they still, some of them still seem to need to do some of these drastic sort of, I know they're trying to stop it, yeah, in some way with the the way they weigh in and all that, but why? Uh, why do you think that's still a thing? I think there's two different type of um, approaches. Right? I think one, like people think, oh yeah, the more weight I cut, the bigger I'm gonna be on fight night. I think that's genuinely a thought process behind it. And then, um, I think others are just not disciplined. 
Like, do you remember Ricky right. Hatton? Do you remember the, him, yeah. the boxer? Yeah. So he used to say he has this medical condition where his legs won't let him walk past a chipper without going in, without going in and ordering. <laughs> you know, so he didn't live the life and he never, he didn't hide it either. Like, so he grew up in a pub as a kid. Like, so he grew up around playing darts and drinking pints and all. So when he didn't fight, he put on like, like ridiculous, I'm talking like four stone in between fights. Yeah. Like he put on that much weight. And then like, that was his, his if he made weight, that's, he classed that as the win. He, the fight was secondary making the weight was like that's where he says he'd win, he'd earn his money on the scales you know and I caught up with him in the end like the lack of discipline and all but so I think it's that it's is that an anomaly though like it, it's strange is that strange that someone like that that doesn't live the life still ends up on the biggest state like he fought Mayweather yeah he fought Mayweather Pacquiao two weight world champion like so I, I, I'm curious how you can be that undisciplined for so long and still I always I always wonder about people like you hear stories like from John Jones and all the undeparting and all and I wonder like yeah. what could they do if they were that disciplined but then you think maybe they wouldn't be that good maybe they need to maybe, maybe they away. need maybe they need to go off the rails and yeah. if the if Ricky Hatton always stayed 10 pounds overweight he wouldn't be as good because he wouldn't put work as hard in the gym maybe yeah. or if John Jones didn't get coked out of his head the weekend before a fight you know yeah. he wouldn't be as good but it's, uh, it's what really it's strange, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, your man. Actually, you were watching on Steve. You were watching on the telly the other day. Paddy Pimlet, you know. Paddy oh yeah, Paddy, yeah. Like, and he went up. He put on crazy yeah. weight. He went up like ninety eight kilo. He's or something, like, didn't he? uh, he's like this six pack is is lovely and all, but I don't care. Yeah. I just want to eat. I want to enjoy my food. Yeah. And he and he goes up the weight and then he comes back down and he, he seems to be doing well at the minute. Like, but uh, that's that's kind of what came to my mind. Like, the, there must be different ways for different people and, and your mentality. So I, I don't know. I've only started watching him recently. And he's very enjoyable to watch. Great fighter. Yeah. But is that his? Is he always up and down? Up and down. Yeah. yeah he just. Yeah, I find that real no strange. But yeah. like, like Paul says, I wonder if he was disciplined. Would he? Yeah. Maybe would he wouldn't train as hard. Maybe yeah. he wouldn't try. But maybe he wouldn't train as hard. And maybe you know he take the foot off a little bit. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about all the stuff you do. Yeah. Like you train two days, and that's a standard thing. Like I don't see how, if you're doing that now. The, I know you're climbing up to pro levels, but you know you're nowhere near where you want to be right you want to be like big big stage and that's absolutely doable and I have no doubt you'll get there but even now early days you're still having to do all this stuff I don't uh, maybe I'm just really naive I, I can't understand how the people can afford to not do that yeah. all year yeah. to be at these levels you know yeah, well, I don't, I've always been raised with discipline you know mm. so I know that it counts and that it matters so that's why I kind of I know that these are foundations now these years are just foundations you know yeah. so it's all about kind of making good habits and getting good lifestyles and doing that you know whereas like these are the years probably you could act the bollocks and right. I could go up to 20 pounds and, and I could do like four week training camps and yeah. get away with it but then what happens when you get a real fight okay you know? that's how I look at it but I, the other ones like they are weird ones you know but then you look at like the other end of the spectrum, we see Floyd Mayweather, who is in the gym every day, mm. every day of the year, no matter what, in camp or out of camp, he's always in shape, you know. And yeah. Look what he done. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's just yeah. I'll never, I'll never get my head around it. I don't think maybe you really can. Maybe I don't think you really can because it's so individualistic. If that's even a word, <laughs> but like it's it's down to each individual. Like you say, I don't, I don't know if you can get your head around it. Yeah. How can you compare it? You know what I mean? I think I maybe I'm just kind of annoyed. For eight weeks and that's yeah. it, and they're on the biggest stage. I in think the world. a lot of lads Smart, will yeah. look at it as they literally will look at it as a job, right? Do you know what I mean? So they will look at right, I have a fight in twelve weeks. This is I'm punched in on the clock now, right? Work for twelve weeks, every money I'm off the clock. Okay, right. I think yeah. a lot of lads look at it like that. You know, it's like the nine to five. Mm. Okay. Um. 
Tell me about. Uh, I haven't met him yet, but I can't wait to meet Tyrone. Your 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 teammate. Oh, Tyrone, yeah, yeah. nut job. <laughs> yeah, he's actually fighting on Saturday cool. up in uh, Belfast. Yeah, um, oh, he's deadly. Yeah, like he every, seems a real good energy so about him. If you, yeah, he's just he's mad. But if you know, like, so Pete Taylor is like a boxing genius. He loves like the sweet science part, the hit and not get hit. You know, like real boxing skill. Tyrone will have a war every single fight, and Pete will say to him, "Will you please box for me this fight?" And he's like, "No." Just, he'll go in and he'll put his head down and he'll just throw a hundred punches around and have a war. It's deadly. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, he's fighting this Saturday and he's a great fight. He's only yeah. coming off a really big fight. He lost. It got stopped by a cut. But um, as Tyrone said, he's a war horse. You know, yeah. real character as well. And uh, I see he kind of got the same mentality as you have in terms of work. Yeah, he's a grafter. They come into the gym and just put the head down and he'll yeah, work hard. Just gets it done. Yeah. Um, there's a good few of out there that, again, I haven't met most of them, but I think that environment is probably why it works for you, that they all seem to have the same mindset. Yeah, it's a great environment. And the good thing for me, I'm much earlier in my career than most of them. So okay. Gary, I think, is 14 and a European champion. Um, Tyrone's like 22 and 3 or something like that as a record. He's fought like at the top like he's fought like the world number ones and stuff like that so yeah. they're all where I want to be so it's no better place for me to great. be you know yeah, yeah. like the it's small fish type of thing you know in the big pond it's yeah. great awesome. very cool great for learning, yeah. yeah yeah Um, do you think your question that you wanted to ask earlier no? oh and it's doing me tits <laughs> I swear to god I'm over here going, oh what an arsehole <laughs> <laughs> went around about arsehole anger and all and then I'm like uh, what the fuck was I going to say oh, yeah, that's what um, yeah. oh, I can't remember the one thing that did come into my head and it's probably a little bit on the personal side but like um, the relationship with your girlfriend you're saying and how much she supports you and stuff was there ever a point in time like have you been together long and was there a point in time that there was a bit of a clash between you over kind of how dedicated you actually are uh, I'm with Alicia 8 years now right. so I'm 23 so we got with each other like literally well, I think we were like 15 or something but um, when we first got with each other she didn't know anything about boxing so at that stage 15 we're going 16 I I was already European silver medalist and like three time national champion and stuff so I was already fully invested like all in and she knew nothing about boxing she thought I was like oh he does a bit of boxing on the weekends or something you know <laughs> didn't know what she was she came in, uh, yeah and then like so we were with each other like what a few months I remember and I won another national and this like qualified me for the world championships so I went off and I'd done like a month long training camp and then I went to Russia for like three weeks and stuff like that and I remember like there was not a complaint there overall and we were only 16 like only waited a couple of months and all she was like yeah now do what you're doing and then I remember I came back for like a couple of weeks and I went away again and then I came back for a day or two and I went away again and stuff like so it was like for that whole year I was just going away boxing and she was just there all the time no complaints nothing at all Class. just took to it naturally and then even now like she loves it so Alicia does uh, cuts as well she's a cut woman oh sweet and she, that was just all on her own accord she just took a real interest in it took up doing it and loves it you know that's so class. yeah it's that's deadly class. that really helps even, even again it, it adds to the whole thing in the support system yeah. everyone's there for you like, yeah, completely it's, it's unbelievable yeah. Yeah. She, she's a grafter as well though like you see like that, that could be on a weekend like that cage warriors thing that she does yeah. the cuts for and then she's running her own business and yeah. she's looking after you yeah. and yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. You should actually you get her on here, you should. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought she might be with you, actually. That would have been killed yeah. after two years on. But yeah, no, we'll get her in on her own. Give her her own spotlight. But uh, yeah, very good. So she does the, she's the cut woman for she Cage Warriors, yeah, the MMA. MMA, she does Cage Warriors, stuff yeah. like that, yeah. So yeah. 
um, she's off down that drops the harness because all the cuts and all steady fast, so fast. she'd be looking at fights and all she'd be like you better have a good cut man down this and all <laughs> <off here, you laughs> steady well everyone's invested around yeah. it. I find that fascinating yeah, well, not fascinating great. but really impressive like yeah, yeah it's really cool like, yeah. and I used to always think I used to always have this thing in my head of like oh no I'll do it all on my own you know I don't want anyone to help me type of thing I was just like right. maybe like I want to be this self-made type of thing but then I was reading all these books and I read obviously Outliers and I read another one that 48 Laws of Power have you read it? No. Anyway one of them was like there's no strength in the fortress so you know you think like this thing on your own you're going to do it well but you need people around you. Yeah. And I remember I was just I just started talking to you and I was like what do you think about strength and conditioning? It was just like a conversation like that that yeah. started us like, working together you know. Yeah. Yeah just yeah and it was I don't know if we'd even spoken at that stage really. No because I just remember I was looking at some of your stuff and I was like yeah I'm going to pick his brain a bit. Yeah. And I just pulled you on more and I was like what do you think about strength and conditioning work for like an athlete for a combat athlete and then it just snowballed didn't it yeah. but had that um, have been me last year I wouldn't have said nothing you know yeah yeah. it's mad because uh, I don't think I even tried too hard to sell it on it I was just like yeah you should do some and I gave you I think like four weeks online yeah. I don't, didn't even coach you person person yet and uh, yeah just kind of snow- we kind of started talking a bit more and um, I was actually getting into a few more, a few different combat athletes, John Byrne over in, in Lucan there, he was doing a bit as well. And I think actually, just at the right time, I think I started taking interest in yeah. combat stuff as well. So it was just nice to just click all together. But yeah, here we are now, um, just over a year in and yeah, loving it, loving growing myself. And I've started boxing now and that's also nice to know the game because I didn't really know boxing yeah well I think it's in my, my I think it'd be we talked about this before as well my interest would be for you to know boxing as good as possible isn't it yeah the more you know about, the more you know about how I move and how we train the more you can incorporate that and make it specific yeah. for that absolutely yeah and the stuff that you can look at on TV and all that but until you feel it yeah. it just it wouldn't make sense um, certain drills that I thought would work oh yeah this would be great this looks deadly yeah and then you get in a ring and boxing like there's no need for that whatsoever. Yeah, just that will not work. Yeah. yeah. So that that it's really nice to that dynamic. Of but then there's the other thing, isn't it? Like where we're doing stuff and you see the patterns. You always talk about patterns, you know. Yeah. And you see, like it's the exact same. If you mm-hmm. took off the gloves and took the weight away that you're lifting, yeah, it's the exact same movement. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always preaching that patterns, train patterns, not muscles. But you know, um, you're the old lawyer. I'm yeah for now. <laughs> for now, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to take... I, I, I robbed all my stuff. The best coaches are the best thieves. That's another saying. Pete will tell you that as well. Like, they just, I steal everything. But, yeah, but if you, you have give to it back, it's not stolen. Yeah, exactly. ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go away full circle. Yeah. But you have to look for it in the first place, you know. Yeah, that's that's the magic bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah deadly. Um, any, uh, any advice for someone starting off really young? Or even, you know, teenagers. Just starting say. off. Just go. Just show up. Yeah. Honestly, just keep showing up. Like, mm. There's going to be bad days, there'll be good days. Um, one of my good friends actually said it to me. So I'm a bit of a perfectionist for boxing. If someone even has like a, a relatively good round of me in sparring, that's a bad round for me. <laughs> like, I, like, that will not, like, like, that will genuinely. I remember I got out of spar one time and I won the spar, but it was a close. Like, he had like moderate success. Okay. In the height for the day. You, you were? Know? Yeah. But he said to me, we won't take the good spars what was it he said we won't take the good spars too good because we won't take the bad spars too bad you know okay so we'll take the good with the you know we'll take we'll put everything on a on an average playing field yeah because of that you know so if you can understand that and when you have a bad day come down the next day you know just keep showing up 
because that was the thing for me it just keeps showing up and you get better and better mm. even when I first went out to pee you know it was my first time in this type of environment and you're getting in with these lads that are so used to this like real shark tank you know and like you're having bad days and they're a bit sharper than you and they're just that bit better than you and you're like Jesus Christ but you just keep coming down a year passes and you're, you're there and yeah. everything's happening now you know so just show up yeah. and I think that's really good advice and it's advice I think that people think is a cliche oh do you hear he said the fucking typical thing just show up <laughs> but when you when you kind of pull it apart like yeah. that it makes sense of course you're, like, even you at this stage you've, you might have a, a bad old day yeah, everyone, has bad, like, everyone has bad days and it's going to come back and, yeah. and fix it uh, I remember uh, James Farley when I was over in the other gym and Lucan he came to me after my first week coaching there and I was way out of my depth at that stage as a coach and he's like how are you getting on and uh, I said yeah yeah I'm enjoying it and like I'm, I'm picking things up but like I'm not at the stage that you and Graham are at where you can look at someone for two seconds and, and figure out what's wrong I have to take a full you know mm-hmm. 30 seconds to assess them and all this and move and maybe even do another one another movement to assess them he's like yeah but just you know keep doing it and after you've done 100 of them you're going to be exactly where we are and he was right but if I went and said oh no I'm not I'm not good enough no, it's not no, working this, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm quitting you know you'd never you'd never it's, um, it's, never it's that 10,000 hour thing isn't it like you need to do the hours yeah. it's that simple just put the hours in it's going to work yeah, it really is like, like, just show up and do it yeah. it's not a nice like sexy answer but no, it's true like, do the dog keep, work keep and just show it, up yeah. and keep the head down yeah, yeah. Um, I think people think this thing of like oh I'm going to be a natural or you can be a natural at something mm. there's no such thing as that you know you well that's why that book Outlaw is yeah. we're plugging this book seriously <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> but I have to read it now he talked a lot about that like this na- this idea of oh he was born to be a boxer no he boxed all his life since he was seven mm. so like of course he's going to be of course he's going to be good at boxing um, no, I don't think natural talent exists I think it's a uh, uh, Alright, here we go, here's the debate. I don't know if I fully believe that. I feel like there could be some sort of, like, uh, pre... Uh, you know... Predisposition to Predisposition to, yeah, having having some sort of knack for something. At what, not, at, at what level? At what, like, yeah, not, not that I'm just going to jump the ring and be a pro <laughs> now and fucking spar with Paul or anything, but, like, there could be someone out there who just has, you know, maybe, maybe say, someone starts at seven and is training seven years... I feel like there could be someone comes in at the age of 12 or 14 and can still be at the same level yeah, well, or, or have that just natural yeah, propensity well, there are to some it. of them just physical freaks, aren't there? Yeah. Like, you look at, like, Mike Tyson. What, yeah. If he had to talk up any sport, he would have been good at it. Okay, fair. You know, or, like, someone like John Jones, like, the lads, even, like, Anthony Joshua, he boxed, uh, he started boxing at 18 or something. Went oh, on. really? Yeah, he was that late in boxing, you know, went on, won, like, an Olympic gold medal and now he's one of the best heavyweights in the world. Okay. So, had he have probably went down any route, yeah, he would have succeeded, yeah. you know. Or, or yeah, maybe it's maybe it's more an athletic thing than a, an actual natural talent it's for a the, specific the, it's sport. It's the nature versus nurture thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, that's I what think. I think is more important. Yeah, so you you could be born with certain genetics for marathon running. Say like the Kenyans. Yeah, yeah. Kenyans are just naturally yeah, like born the, into yeah. endurance I, I could running. I spend my whole life trying to do endurance running. Yeah. And some and Kenyan lads, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you know. So there is some, some level to it, but I get what you're saying to an extent. That still. doesn't mean that you can't compete against them if you train enough. Yeah, no, no, it definitely doesn't. It Even definitely though doesn't. you're not born with that genetics, you can yeah. still, okay, I'll train and I can at least give it a shot. Yeah, so but to some extent, they still have a bit more of a talent for it than you to start out with, I would say. I would yeah, think. You know but what I mean? I'm saying you could get to a point where it's, it's an even playing field. 
I think this idea of oh they're naturally gifted I'll never be there yeah yeah no I agree with that yeah I agree with that I wouldn't debate you on that definitely not yeah good (laughs) (laughs) we go to spar one thing that was floating around my head a little bit Paul was um, you had said about kind of when you went to train with Pete that it was a lot different to I suppose obviously it was going to be different pro and amateur and stuff but without giving away too many secrets like what what do you think are the main differences in the way you trained when you went there what I love about it is you know it's kind of different as well like there's intensity with everything in our gym so right. even the warm up like you're, you're sweating you're dead and all and then like like that you like we've talked touched on all the lads that are there it is a shark tank you know right. and if you're not on your best if you're not on your A game showing up you're going to get thumped around you know it's that simple <laughs> yeah. just, you're going to get you're going to get hiding you know and so you need that bit of, and then it's like there's the competitiveness as well so you're always trying to get one up on each other in like a good way you know yeah. so you're hitting the bags or whatever you're going through a drill and you'll see whoever on whoever's next to you starts going a bit harder so you'll start going a bit harder <laughs> and it'll just rise like that steadily you know so you're bringing each other yeah, up yeah exactly and, yeah, right. without even meaning to probably you know yeah. like it'll just naturally happen so okay. that's great and then like like so there was we're all we were all more or less in camp together basically like I fought last week and then there's three lads fighting on Saturday coming yeah so our camps were all identical more or less and that's great because yeah, yeah. we're all going through the gears together and we're all pushing yeah, each other yeah like that's yeah. deadly you know yeah. and we're all sparring together and stuff like that yeah, so class, like that's yeah. brilliant you know yeah, yeah. whereas I wouldn't have been used to being in like them big stables where everyone's pushing each other on and stuff so yeah. amateur is not not like that at all it's just sort of not, re- not really and especially like at the higher level it's you don't come across it a lot you know like like there's a lot of numbers in the clubs and all but it's just kids that are doing it for a hobby which is grand there's no yeah. problem at all with that but then you have like the one percent who are doing it to actually make something of it right, you know yeah, yeah. so you're there killing yourself during the summers and everything and you're on your own kind of i remember like most am- so my amateur club were closed during the summer but the coaches will stay on but you go down and you're just training on your own and you're cutting weight and you're doing everything on your own like you know yeah that's hard when you're 13 years old like you know for the whole summer like literally from June or May till August during the great weather and all and yeah. you're on your own cutting weight doing all that so the clubs are kind of closed just because schools yeah so they give the kids like the summer off type really, of thing. Yeah. yeah but like if you're at the good level you're still competing yeah yeah so the coaches would open up and all but like you're just you're doing it all on your own like, and I mean it all on your own yeah and you're in this empty hall hitting a bag and all and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> Jesus and like that, like I said, like at 13, 14 years old, you know, it takes, way. Yeah, it takes so much to actually put yeah. yourself through that. And oh, you'd really have to persevere yeah. with it, like even like when we were training. Um, I, I def if I if you told me, right, I have to go finish that last ten minutes on your own. Yeah, I'd do it, but but it's like seventy percent of what I could do if you were standing beside me. Yeah, yeah. That's it's really important. That's the hard bit, you know. Like I know, like we touched on how great the team is, but like there's times when it gets lonely quick, you know. Okay. Like even like when you're cutting the weight and all, like it's you doing it, yeah. going through every bit of it on your own, or even like the bad days, it's in you're in your own head with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like it plays on you, and even I remember like last week and you're cutting the weight, and I do the hot bats for the week, you know. So you're sucking all the fucking weight out of you basically, and you're getting out. I remember I done a run, I went home, and I got on a bat and I got out, and you're sitting there like that, just dead lifeless. And I remember, like, I was like, Jesus, it, it does get, it gets lonely pretty quick, you know. How, uh, what, what are you holding on to, like, to get, to make it through that? I don't even think about it. Honestly, you just, just get it done. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even, like, sometimes you think of, oh, this is why I'm doing it and all, but most of the time I'm just like, 
just get through the evening. You know, and <laughs> just, just one one day at yeah, a time. Yeah, just get through this shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember like I'll do the hot baths, you know, and I'll do like twenty minutes in, ten minutes out, twenty minutes in. But like you're there for the when you get like the last ten minutes and you're sweating and you're boiling yourself in the baths. <laughs> you're like great, right. and yeah, literally I remember I'm sitting there. And same with the saunas, you know, I'm counting ten seconds, ten seconds, ten seconds. I'm just trying oh, to get through it. Just to get through yeah, it's horrible. That is serious. Or even like you've seen, you've seen the sprint sessions I do. Yeah. Like that, it's like, I remember, so I do it, man, it's like 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, but uh, you end up doing something like 60 odd sprints, you know? Yeah. And it's at like max speed and everything. And I'm like, right, I've only like 54 sprints left. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a bastard for it. I'll always break it down like that. I don't know why I have to do it, but I always do it. I'm like, right, 54, right, yeah. six done, 54 left, yeah. right, nearly there. But it's just little things to cope with. I think there's research on that, that, if if you get people say to count you say okay do 100 squats there yeah. and you get one group to count up from 1 to 100 and one group to count down the group going down yeah. will both finish faster and are more likely to actually finish it than the other mm. group the other group will stop yeah. or go slower yeah see I would have thought about that in the way that <coughs> excuse me I would have thought about that in the way that like uh I'd be thinking, oh, I'm on 50, I'm halfway to 100. I, I understand it works the same way coming down, but almost I'm counting up, I'm getting to 100, I'm, I'm going to do 100. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's mad that that, yeah, I never I never would have expected that. Maybe there is a dynamic like that. If if, if your target is to get the thing finished. Yeah, getting it finished or, the, or getting it done. Yeah. Or, or getting so many done, kind of, yeah, yeah. there's a different goal. Well, I suppose there, the, yeah. the, the main point there is, like, you can't just, I suppose, go in with no sort of vision yeah so um, I was reading I actually read a book recently on endurance you know yeah and so they done this thing where they're like um, they'll drill they took these six people and they'll drill three of them with like these positive affirmations and why you're doing it and these sort of mental drills to help you and then leave three on their own they'll put them on a bike and the three that have like the reason why they're doing it and this goal and something to say in their head and all they'll outperform Tree without every time by like something like twenty percent, like some crazy number, you Fucking know. Hell. Yeah. So is that something you started to, to try implement a bit? I always try, and I just go back to just counting it down. <laughs> <laughs> just go back to counting it down. Yeah. I wonder does it work the other way? Like if you if you berate people and tell them that they're shit, do they yeah, perform yeah, worse go, go than worse people then, that yeah. you say nothing? Yeah. That'd yeah, that's interesting. interesting. Yeah. But yeah, no, like environment, I suppose, is the key there. Like, if you're getting positive affirmations and we can kind of replace that with your team and your the atmosphere there versus the empty gym hall, yeah. um, it's it's huge. Surely it, it's night and day. Like. Yeah, even like me mate Luke, again, like he'll do all the running sessions with me, you know, he doesn't need to do them at all. Yeah. Like, he wants to get in good shape and, you know, he'll do it lifting with us, but yeah. he doesn't need to be doing 60 fucking sprints on a treadmill, but he'll yeah. do them with me, you know what I mean? Just to do them with me. And yeah. that helps out a lot. So just again for context, Luke is more or less doing the fight camp with Paul, just just for the crack. Yeah, like. I think he's done three full fight camps with me now, <laughs> just for the full crack without yeah. getting the fight in the end. Good man, Luke. Yeah. And to be fair to him, he's no slouch. No, even like the running, like he'll hold it, he'll keep up, not yeah, a bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we get we get him in the ring again and see can he do the business now with a bit of actual training behind him. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I've run out of things to ask. <laughs> Tell me, Paul, what's the plan? What's your, what's your goal? Your your end goal? What is it you want? So, I always used to think like, oh yeah, money, you know. 
Yeah, I want to. You look at it like Mayweather flashing the cash <laughs> and all the get after I want. But you know, it's not even now. All, all I want to do is have have the career that I know I can have. Um, wh- whatever that is, I know that if I put hundred percent in, and if I go how I am, that I'll go all the way. So world titles, without question, you know. Yeah. And just have a career to be proud about. I've always said I want to make a good few nights for like me family, me friends, and all a bit of excitement, give people something to look forward to, yeah. you know. Deadly. Like I look at, like we touched on Tyrone, like when he fights, people are like, "Oh, deadly Tyrone McKenna's fighting," mm. and they're excited for it, and they're booking time off work, and they're going to the fights and all. But that's what I want to do: just create good nights and you know, give people something to be excited about. Yeah, you're well on the way to that. And a few bob in the pocket wouldn't hurt either. Yeah, man. Of course, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you said: uh, taking the best shot possible. Like you just want to make your yeah. Maybe it doesn't end up at the exact thing that yeah, you but it's a thing of like, look, I wanted this when I was seven years old. So how many people got to actually do what they wanted to do when they were seven years old? For yeah, yeah, you know, and go yeah. and actually have a real go to. Yeah, there's not a lot out so there. You're, you're enjoying just doing the process. Yeah, it's like yeah. something that I've wanted to do when I was seven years old. I, and that by look, it turned out being really fucking good. At, and now I have a chance to actually make a genuine career out of it and do well for myself. So yeah. yeah, that is the definition of inspiration as cheesy as that might sound but like to, for someone as uh, human I suppose is is, is a, a word that comes to mind because anyone that meets you even like in the gym in the morning will, will say just how you're just a normal guy yeah. where we kind of see these big athletes as super That's human what I always said that would be my story you know like you hear of all these lads that when you make it they come from these like deprived upbringings and have all this hardship and all, but I always said that he started off to be just a normal bloke from around the area that made yeah. it you know mm. that his man and dad was good to him his family was good to him and he just got to where he wanted to go to just from the area good upbringing good people around him and he got it done that's an interesting uh, kind of way to look at it because you always hear about either oh he had loads of money so he had all the coaches yeah. and he had all or the he had nothing at all and he was or, a yeah. the richest you never hear about yeah. the middle yeah it was just you know working class family man and dad work yeah. done everything he could do to help me same as my friends, same as my family. I know everyone there that helped me and it worked out. Mm. Just, I wanted to be just the bloker from the area that made it. <laughs> that's <laughs> class. That. Yeah. That's <laughs> class, yeah. And you, you rarely hear people, not that you're trying to sell that story, but you, you rarely hear people actually yeah. selling that story. Like, one athlete comes to mind, now you got an ah, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> like McGregor, like, everyone yeah, says yeah. his rags to riches and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not so sure it was. He was from yeah. Lucan, you know, because yeah, like, they've had two jobs. Yeah, I know. The gap was nice and all, you know what I mean? I've like, seen the gap, I've seen the estate. But that's estate. nothing to hide. That's yeah, nothing to be exactly. ashamed of. I would, I'd feel like, uh, I'd feel like, I'm, in, like I'm slapping me man down the face if I turned around and said to people on cameras, yeah, I had this hard upbringing, yeah. you know. No, I had an upbringing, my man and dad broke that back to help me. And that gave me every advantage I could have, you know. Yeah. It's, it's refreshing to hear you say that and, and absolutely yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. yeah deadly yeah so yeah just being real just yeah if you're going to do it do it but do it right yeah absolutely Um yeah I can't think of anything else to ask no, you think, else. no, no yeah. I'm sure I'll think of 10 things later on <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's the second one yeah, yeah. Second yeah, episode, really yeah. Enjoyed I'll that be in a four sure. in the morning Paul uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so I appreciate you coming in oh, you're very busy schedule yeah. really enjoyed that and uh, I'm sure everybody will be tuned in for the next fight yeah, we can't um, wait. Yeah, it'll be a big one anyway, so oh, yeah, stay we'll, tuned, yeah. Deadly. I'll drop that. All right. Thank you, Paul See Ryan. Thanks yeah. for having me, man. All right. Thanks, guys.